Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And this week we're going to do some more book learning. (laughs) We're so smart. (laughs) Kidding. I'm always striving to be smarter. That's what I'm striving. I know. So much more learning. It's incredible. Oh, it's like always. Yeah. Imagine, could you imagine like making your life all about being a scholar and you're like just wandering around a library, learning things all day? Like it sounds amazing. And it sounds really boring to me too. Does it? I like adventure. So I would, I would be like, like a archeologist. So I'd be out there digging, but then I'd also be in the library. Yeah. Do you know that being an archeologist can be also very boring because you have to be very tedious. I'd be really bad at it. I'd be like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. There's this find. And then I'd be like, assistants come do this because I will destroy this with my frenetic energy. Excitement. Yeah. I'd be all, we're ripping it out of the ground. Get the chain. Let's go. And that's not going to be good for anyone. No, no, it's not. (laughs) But it would be cool. I I have fantasies about that. I do too. I do too. I've even taken classes in archaeology and oh yeah, no, I. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever watch that show Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates? I have. Yes. Yeah. Love it. My husband and I were like totally addicted to it. And we we talk about Josh, like we know him. Like, oh yeah, you want to watch some Josh? Oh, look at Josh. Look what he's doing today. Hey, what's up, Josh? Like, <laughs> do you think Josh would dig this? Do you think Josh yeah. would do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, look at it. And I always feel like I get a little insight to, in, to his inner child when he like goes on like a dig or something or he yeah. finds a discovery. So and excited. His like five-year-old kid come out in his yeah. face. It's really clear. And I'm just like, man, that guy, he's so adventurous. But you know what? I am not that adventurous. I am not going to go crawl into a tiny corridor in a cave where I'm claustrophobic and the ceiling could fall in at any moment to make some massive historical discovery. I'm not doing that. I'm not. Sorry. I'm sa- I'm safely adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to jump out from... of a plane. Yeah, I'm no. I'm not going to jump out no. of a plane or anything like that. Like, Even I, attached I really... to someone else, I'm not doing that. No. That's just a bad life. choice. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Basically, I'm very chicken. At the end of the day, I'm I'm really scared of dying. So I'm going to avoid <laughs> yeah. everything that could potentially make that happen to the best of my ability. That makes perfect sense. Thank Self-preservation. you. Self-preservation. There right. you go. <laughs> exactly. And yet I love exploring and finding new things just in a, maybe, maybe I would be really good in a library. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there wasn't an earthquake. <laughs> yeah not a good place to be no no I yeah. think about that often here living in California where we just had an earthquake like a month ago or a month, yeah two months ago I don't know we had an earthquake and everything started shaking and I thought hmm if my shelves go over we are all doomed like <laughs> <laughs> rescue the cats <laughs> yeah exactly get them out of the way grab the dog yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's nothing in my house to hide under I discovered as well so that's a problem yeah I need, <laughs> I need a bigger kitchen table 
<laughs> I digress. We're not here to talk about earthquakes and uh, adventuring. We're actually here to talk about a couple more sects of Wicca. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. This is where our, our learning has, and our excitement of adventure and origin. So the origins. origins yes. Yes. So I'd like to start. Oh, all right. Well, Veronica's going to lead us off then. Where are we going, V? Where are we going? Uh, we're going to talk about the Dianic tradition of Wicca. Oh, I'm Dianic very worship. interested in this because I don't know really much of anything except my understanding is it is a very feminine tradition. I've actually been to a ritual. What? Oh, oh, I know this about you. <laughs> I do. I remember. Okay. Tell me, tell the story. Um, I, I'm trying to remember because it was a while ago. It was a long time ago. So you okay. might remember. But um, you know what? Maybe we should hold off on this story first. Maybe I should tell oh, okay. a little bit. Okay, about tell it. about tell about it first. Okay. So as Emily said, it is a woman-only practice. So it's centered on women. Um, so it's considered a female-centered neo-pagan tradition um founded by Z Susanna Budapest, people would call her Z, um, in 1971. So we're talking about the 70s. Yeah, baby. Um, liberation, um, embracing the goddess in every woman. Um, and really about vibrant, empowering women, um, liberated thinking. She interwove radical feminist beliefs with new tradi- traditions um, of Wicca practices. So she kind of like took the Wiccan practices and she made them centered on women. Um, she wrote a book in 1979 called The Holy Book of Women's Mysteries. Um, her big, she wanted to challenge the patriarchy, um, make women feel safe and have a safe space that only women could be invited into. Um, the it's called the Diana, you know, Dianic tradition. Mm-hmm. And so it's centered on the goddess Diana, who is the Roman source of all living things, natural cycles, hunting, the moon, fertility, children, childbirth, wild animals, and the forest. Wild animals. <laughs> yeah. So her background, she, she had a mix of the, a British witchcraft and Italian folk magic. That's kind of like her background and where she would have tested. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. where she was coming from. And so hence the, you know, Diana, Dianic tradition felt like, okay, this is what, is she, you know, she's a woman, <laughs> right? She's a goddess and uh, she's a triple goddess and she's a symbol of the female cycle of life. So she's seen, you know, she, this is the main force and some of the rituals that they celebrate you might this all might sound familiar is the wheel of the year uh-huh. um and also they also believe in the balance of karma so this is kind of like the the you know the the rule of three you know uh-huh. what goes comes back and a lot of their rituals have to do with um healing um healing women um from abuse trauma um just really healing the wounds that women have um, or have over the centuries being beaten down by the patriarchy um, and by men and by, I mean, I'm sure others as well, 
maybe other women too, but mainly focus on uh, women healing women. So. Wait, I have more to yeah. say about this. Is that okay? Do it, dive in. Okay, so again, drawing down the moon because it's sitting right here next to me. Um, they talk about that particular, that there's actually a couple streams of Dianic um, practices. And the first one, they were the most famous one is the one you're talking about with Z Budapest. Um, and that they, it's described as this stream of Dianic worship is high on creativity, high mm -hmm. on psychic skills, high on politics, and low on structure and formal rituals. Yes. And then just really briefly, the other Dianic stream in this country began in Dallas with the Dianic Covenstead of Priestess Morgan McFarland. While McFarland mm -hmm. is no longer leading a group, there are many active covens that derive from her original work. This tradition exalts the feminine, but does not exclude men from worship. And when, and then anyway, there's they go on to talk a little bit more about it, but just that there are two sort of streams and the one you're talking about is very woman focused only on women and excludes men from being part of the groups and the rituals. And this other stream includes men. So I think that's just worth noting um, that even within one tradition, you can have different stems, streams, stems, I don't know, branches, whatever. You get the point. <laughs> Pick an analogy, go with it. Um, well, and I, I think there is, there's some controversy of excluding gender. Um, yes. yes. You know, is. and I think, I mean, maybe that's what that was born out of, you maybe. know, of like, oh, hey, well, men want to celebrate the goddess too, you know? Right. right. Anyway, tell us about your yeah. ritual that you went to, Veronica. <laughs> it was really awesome. Well, first, um, it was very clear to me that a woman has to, I mean, a woman who is part of it invites you. Mm -hmm. So I was invited by another woman um who was like hey you know come check this out I think you would dig it you would love it um and so I had no idea what to expect coming into this ritual at all so it was local it was in a local hall um only women I walked in I was like okay yeah like this is cool like only women um very much like a lot of rituals I've actually been to it wasn't too different um okay. but there was less, there was a lot less structure. That uh -huh. is one thing that I noticed a large portion of the ritual. I'm trying to remember what we were celebrating. I think it actually was August 13th. I, that, that is, uh, the goddess Diana's day. And I okay. think we were like celebrating the goddess, uh, Diana on that day. That's what I'm trying to remember. I think I remember that. I'm trying to remember what we celebrated it was many years ago, but there was a lot of dancing. Uh-huh. It was a really focused on celebration. So there's a lot of dancing. There was food and um, there was definitely an opening part, you know, just like a typical, you know, opening, you know, or ceremony. Opening. Yep. Ceremony in the beginning. And then like a lot of dancing and celebrating. Um, that was like mostly part of it. And then was um, there kind of a closing piece at the end? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was what? really neat. What I real I really, I do remember feeling a little uncomfortable. Um, obviously when you're a part of it, I mean, I didn't know anybody, but this one woman, uh -huh. so, you know, I kind of was like, uh, and then also just like dancing that much. And it was like ecstatic dancing. Mm -hmm. So like, I was, 
kind of like okay like in my body a little stiff and just like trying to like get into it kind of thing you know and just kind of like okay I'm with this new group of people and they were really into it like that I was like it was yeah I mean it was like the closest to if they had a bonfire like that would be like the closest to like you know like you see in the movies like it probably nudity would have been involved too I would have guessed um well that's so interesting because I had this memory that you went and so I get apparently I made this memory up everyone yeah Uh, but I had a memory that you had gone to a dianic ritual and that there had been nudity there might have been that's so funny you said that yeah now that I'm saying that I'm actually wondering if someone else who used to be in our circle told a story about this okay yeah because I I don't remember in this venue there being nudity but I could see how there could be (laughs) yes you know just like being comfortable with the body like we're all women we're all it's a safe place like you know (laughs) just being comfortable with your body you know and also being a channel for that energy right yes celebratory energy and it sounds like that's really a lot of what the movement it was about was just celebrating but opening yourself to what that feels like inside of you and letting your body move in accordance with that yes yeah yeah it was cool I was I was really grateful to you know experience that I definitely did afterwards go like I don't think this is for me just um, I'm a lot more, I'm a little bit more structured and <laughs> I'm a lot I, more, well, no, just a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah. Never just mind. a little bit more structured, but also the, the piece I, I, I mean, obviously I've been a part of a woman's coven for many, many years and it's only women. I don't have a problem excluding men, but also <laughs> there is, there is a piece of like, oh, I missed that. Cause I'm so used to in reclaiming uh-huh. it being open and, 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 you know, just, it was like all genders, male, female, and up and, you know, they, then like others, it wasn't like, so, and I have that part of me that just wants to, you know, accept everyone, you know, right. but the magic of having just women is really important. And I personally feel that way, but I wouldn't maybe just make that my only thing I celebrated, you know? Right. Yeah. The only tradition that you were a part exactly. of. Exactly. Exactly. Just an aspect maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, cool. Shall shall we transition here to the reclaiming piece since you were just talking about it? Oh yeah. And I just wanted to say, I got, I got most of this information on uh, a a website that's called two, two, T-O Salem.com. It talks about different. Yeah. Nice. Witchcraft stuff. Thank you. Thank you for citing your source. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about reclaiming and um, my, it's so funny. I have an entire book written on reclaiming by <laughs> Iris Sonia Moon, and I cannot freaking find it. I have torn my house apart, gone through all of my bookshelves, and I'm sure it's peeking out from me, like one of my bookshelves somewhere going, hee hee, here I am, but I cannot find it. And so I didn't even get to access that book, but there is an entire book written um, by my friend, um, Iris Sonia Moon. So if you're interested in learning more, you can there. And um, unfortunately, I can't remember the title, but I know it starts with reclaiming. And I can picture <laughs> the cover, but I can't find the book. That makes me so nuts when I can't find something I'm looking for. So I actually uh, utilized uh, the uh, website weaveandspin.org 
which has a reclaiming history. I also tapped into Wikipedia. Um, and then there was another website. I wonder what reclaimingcollective.wordpress.com. So with that also gave a brief history of reclaiming. So it is a tradition um, that is a form of modern feminist witchcraft. And Starhawk, who is a, an author um, and, and witch and activist and permaculturist, and she's, she's kind of amazing. Um, she, I believe, was one of the main founders of it. And she's very closely associated with it. I mean, when I, when I talk to people about reclaiming, that is the association many folks make because she was part of the collective that started all of this. Uh, and they were some women who were offering classes about like working with the elements and the pentacle and these types of things. And people really responded well to that. And out of, it sounds like out of that, the reclaiming tradition was born. So it is a living religion. It continues to evolve. It's a belief system and a style of ritual and magic. Uh, it's not a church or an organization. It doesn't have a formal membership. Uh, you can participate no matter who you are. Uh, if, you just have to be open to it. So one of the really cool things I think about reclaiming is that because the early organizers were very involved uh, in, in political activism, reclaiming has always been used a consensus process. And that this consensus process really was learned mainly from the Religious Society of Friends, a.k.a. the Quakers. <laughs> so I'm going to move through the distinguishing features of reclaiming tradition. Um, and I think that will just give you a really good overview. But if you've ever worked with me, if you've ever come to any of my rituals, a lot of the way that I do ritual was informed. And obviously it's been tweaked because of the way that, because who I am, right? So I bring my own elements to it, but sort of the style of the way I do ritual was definitely inspired by and informed by uh, reclaiming traditions and the way that rituals unfold within uh, that tradition. So distinguishing features of reclaiming tradition witchcraft are non-hierarchical covens and group priest priestesshoods. So this also inspired our coven because we mm -hmm. were never hierarchical. We were very much co-led uh, and also were working with trying to work with consensus. We, we had to learn some lessons there. But, um, <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. That is not an easy process, but it's worth it. Um, yeah. There is no specific pantheon. There's no requirement of initiation. And when initiations are undertaken, they are customized. There is a strong emphasis on political involvement and social and ecological responsibility consciousness. So very tied to the earth um, and earth activism uh, and also social justice. Yeah, just that's a big, big core piece. Um, no set liturgy, except in certain large rehearsed or semi-rehearsed public Sabbath rituals, but rather training in principles of magic and the structure of ritual and how to speak as the spirit moves you within that structure. So we come nice. back a little bit more to that like free flow, right? It doesn't have to be exactly this way. Here's some principles. How do those move through you, right? How do you move through the energy that's coming through? And I love that. Um, cultivation of ecstatic states. So here we come back to that, um, that use of body and really 
letting energy move through you, becoming a channel. And there's a lot customarily in reclaiming. This is without the use of any psychotropics or drugs. So most rituals you ever go to will be, in fact, every ritual, public ritual I've been to has been no drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really just about being in the experience. Uh, And this reference says more shamanic than ceremonial. So there's definitely sort of this free flow, letting the energy move through you. Um, Cultivation of self-empowerment, self-discovery, and creativity. Reclaiming is so creative. There's so much vibrancy uh, and juice running through those rituals. Extensive use of chanting and breath work in magical rites. And I would even go so far as to say that chanting is a big part of the trance work that happens. Singing, chanting. Um, Intense energy raising, often using our trademark spiral dance. Um, to, which is so fun, but, um, to really raise energy through connection and song and movement, um, the magical use of the pentacle, uh, the pentacle of pearl and the, the pentacle of iron. And so this is, uh, encouragement of the creation of new ritual forms by anyone. So again, creativity Mm -hmm. and then concept of three souls, a feature of reclaiming that has emerged in the 90s and is working with the concept of the three souls. This is shared by the fairy tradition, witchcraft, and also appears in Hawaiian, Jewish, and Celtic cultures. Starhack's adaptation called the three selves appears in the spiral dance as the younger self, which is the unconscious mind, the talking self, which gives verbal and conscious expression, and the deep self or God self, the divine within. Um, and I, I started actually going down that rabbit hole and I'm not going to take you with me there because it, it got a little intense. I was like, oh, I see how this ties into the id, ego and super ego. And I started going on this whole psychological journey, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's just interesting that here we have this idea of the three parts of self and that it does, you find these three parts in different cultures. So, um, I will also say my first ritual, my first uh, public experience of of witchcraft was a reclaiming ritual that I went to with Veronica, and I've probably told that story on here, so I won't I won't be a repeater. Um, but it was definitely that my first step into oh, other people do this <laughs> in public, no less. <laughs> and now I'm super into it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. Like, um, I was brought into the reclaiming tradition, um, from my sister. Uh Uh-huh. She started with classes and, um, I was really intimidated because this is something new and different. I had never, you know, ever embarked on. And I never even like Emily, you were always like, Oh, I'm experimenting as a child. Like I was Christian and I just stuck with what my, I was taught when I was younger. I didn't ever like, I mean, I've, you know, seen cool witchy movies and we're like, oh, that's cool. Like, oh, that's so neat. But I never was like drawn to that or being like, oh, that's where I should be. Um, So when my sister was like, hey, you should come. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. But she's like, oh, there's a really cool drumming class. I'm like, oh, drumming. Okay. (laughs) Drumming? I love drumming. Tell me more. Yeah. So I got in starting with music. And drumming is a re- was a really central piece of rituals there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I started. And then I just years and years, I actually ended up um, helping 
being part of a cell, um, which helped plan the rituals here in the, you know, in um, Sonoma County. So, and that was North really Bay group North. Yes, it was very, I loved it. And it was also challenging because it is consensus. Yeah. So there were some things that we, we had, it, it was a longer process. Um, <laughs> patience, patience is yes. needed. Yes. Um, but everybody's coming from the same place. We just want to, you know, make something beautiful and yes. that's and a ritual that made sense <laughs> Yes, and, and had meaning. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really, and then most of my, you know, magic that I've done in our group, our coven over the years have, um, that that's where I was inspired by from. that was where I was inspired by, yeah. um, and informed by, I don't have a lot of influence from other places, really. I mean, I went to, I've been to other rituals, but not that many. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And I love the reclaiming tradition. I think it's coming from a really beautiful place. Um, Starhawk, I met her, I worked on her land, um, helped put up a yurt one time. (laughs) She's a very strong woman. Um, and comes from a just an amazing place of wanting change and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah she's just a really powerful woman she's a great writer too if you if you're looking for books about witchcraft uh you know picking up her books the spiral dance is a great place to start because it does give you history but it also gives you some exercises it's it's it really covers a lot of bases so it's a great, it's a great place to start, but her other books are great too. So, um, and all of them have different exercises and I, you know, I keep, I bring up exercises because that's really how I learn is through experience. And so give me the experiential stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anybody who's wanting to start, I always say spiral dance. It was yeah. my first one. Yeah. I remember actually when I re- first reading it, I was actually on a plane and there was one of these exercises about light and dark and I was, I was like, oh, like looking just at the shadows on the plane and like, Uh and then trying to like change my eyes and just look at the light in contrast with the dark. And yeah, it's just, it's an amazing book. It's a wonderful tradition. And, um, there's a like, go online, check it out. And we are a little biased because we both love it. So, (laughs) you know, we'll just own that, but it is great. It is great. (laughs) But as with everything, it's not for everyone. That is true. Right. Yes. Which is, which is also a piece of why we're doing this is to give you an insight, maybe into some different, different things. Maybe you didn't know about, um, or maybe you knew about, but you some, but not all or whatever it might be, but, uh, there's just a lot of offerings out there and there is something for everyone. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. Thank you, Veronica. <laughs> well, everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in today. This was super fun and we will be We'll be, you know, diving more into book learning and sharing that with you as we traverse this year, um, as well as I'm sure we will be also bringing you some of our just lovely rambling, let's dive down this rabbit hole together kind of moments. <laughs> but until next week, everyone, you want to say it, Veronica? Keep it magical. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by you can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe.
right? Yeah. And you could do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or, wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.